You know, most every day, I like to have and make a plan for the day. I like to be organized. And most every day, God undoes my plan and most often gives me a better one, right? At the hospital with a dying parishioner, for example, or during a desperate confession or during a drop-in appointment due to some crisis of, or illness or another. You know, you can become easily frustrated by this, and sometimes I do, but Jesus' example in the scriptures teach me that some of the most important moments of his ministry occurred due to an interruption. In today's gospel, the apostles have returned from preaching the good news, and although tired, they're also exhilarated and simply want to sit with the Lord and share war stories, if you will. Jesus suggests that they come away to a deserted place to rest a little while, so they went off into a boat where they could be by themselves. We can translate to that to the modern day. They checked out. They went on vacation. They went to the Adoration Chapel or on a hike or to go golf or to take a hot bath after an arduous day. And it must have been a lovely scene. They all get into a fishing boat and row away out across the lake, the boat gliding along the smooth waters with only the sound of the oars dipping into the water. As it was a fishing boat, perhaps a screeching gull was overhead, hoping for some discarded fish. It would be peace, peace at last. And it was a nice plan, mind you. But as they approach the opposite shore, they see a large crowd and a commotion. And we can imagine how the apostles must have felt. Their plans were shattered. Some of them must have been frustrated. Yes, life can be like that, can't it? Our best laid plans are often hijacked. And for many, it's a source of resentment, frustration, and even anger. So we can identify with the apostles' Perhaps frustration over sudden and unexpected demands. For us, it's a knock at the door, phone calls, text messages, emails, and the like. But far from being frustrated, Jesus saw every moment of his life as an opportunity to do his Father's will. For example, when a lawyer asked a tricky question in the middle of a sermon, it led him to preach the story of the prodigal son. Once when he was preaching, a man asked him to settle a family squabble about an estate and an inheritance. And instead of becoming frustrated, he used the opportunity to preach that the man who lays up earthly treasures for himself is not fit for the kingdom of God. Once when he was journeying through Jericho, Jesus encountered a blind man and taught the gathered crowd about the blindness that comes from sin. In today's gospel, Jesus and the apostles get out of the boat, and even though they must have been weary and needed a break, and they waded into the crowd. And Jesus gave them beautiful lessons and sermons. Mark reports that he took pity on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he set himself out to teach at some length. The next thing that happened, incidentally, was his disciples reminded him that it was a deserted place, and he asked them, to send the crowds away so they could get something to eat, whereupon Jesus, without a plan, fed the 5,000. So it's true that some of the most important things in our lives spring from interrupted plans. But Jesus is never thrown. He doesn't even lose his temper. But he uses each occasion as an opportunity for a priceless teaching or a wonderful miracle. 
God sends interruptions to catch our attention as well. He knows that we have schedules to keep and work to do, and he knows that sometimes we need to rest. But when we are interrupted, he often just wants our attention to be on eternal things that are far more important than all of our to-do lists. For example, I know a young priest who was in a thriving career who went off to seminary after he was interrupted when he almost died in a car accident. Everything changed for him. I know people who have started whole support networks for the terminally ill after their lives were upended by suffering of an unexpected and painful loss. I've seen whole ministries to the poor that have been hatched when someone fell into a serious crisis after losing a job suddenly and the loss of financial security. Yes, in our often rigidly scheduled day, we have to consider that God has a plan for us as well. And sometimes we may have to make adjustments. Giving God resentment and sullen indifference might not be the best result and the best response. That is, where, it is, where is it written that we are entitled to live an easier and more problem-free life than Jesus? For in that crisis, we might find the meaning of life or draw closer to life's ultimate goal, eternity with God. I'm very grateful that the Little Sisters of the Poor have a ministry close by, of a personal contact with them. Years ago, my, my grandfather was one of 14 children, and the last one hung on forever. She outlived my grandfather by 41 years. And she ended up at the Little Sisters of the Poor, who took care of her so well. She was quite the character. I can tell you stories, some of which I can tell you here. And she had a mouth like you would not believe. But one day, I, I went to see her at the Little Sisters of the Poor, and as I was leaving, she goes, take me by the arm. And she goes walking up to these other ladies, and she says, this is my nephew. Isn't he tall? Isn't he good-looking? And he's a priest. And his name is, hey, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> Which is what she usually did. It was all a big show. But she was uh, very uh, taken care of by the Little Sisters of the Poor when she was in her 90s. She started to run out of money. So we welcome Sister Amy here, and we'll, there will be a second collection after communion. Sister Amy is going to t- talk a little bit about their ministry at St. Augustine's nearby. And incidentally, she got the brains, I got the height. She's, we're like, yeah. See, see, yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the stool, too. (laughs) And thank you, everyone, for your warm welcome here today. As Father said, my name is Sister Amy, and I'm here with Sister Cecilia, and we're very grateful for the opportunity to come and share with you a little bit about our ministry. As, As Little Sisters of the Poor, our only mission is to welcome the elderly poor into our home as we would Christ himself, and accompany them with dignity, love, and respect until the moment when our Lord called them to himself. This began on a cold wintry night in 1839 when St. John Jugan encountered an elderly woman named Anne who was blind, paralyzed, and had lost her only means of support. Jean took Anne to her apartment, placed her in her own bed, and made a place for herself in the attic where she would sleep and pray. Others came asking for her help, 
and some of Jeanne's friends joined her in her life of prayer and service to the elderly. The work quickly expanded, and the Little Sisters came to establish St. Augustine's home in Indianapolis in 1873. At St. Augustine's home, the community of Little Sisters welcomes 96 elderly residents, and we do everything we can to make our residents happy. This includes providing levels of care according to their needs, activities, healthy and delicious meals, and spiritual companionship to the elderly of any race, nationality, or religion. Many of our residents, even the ones who aren't Catholic, love to come and pray in our chapel. When a resident is dying, the sisters accompany them through those moments by taking turns to stay with them and pray with them through the night. But we don't do this work alone. From the very beginning, the Little Sisters of the Poor have counted on the help of generous benefactors and volunteers to carry out this special mission of mercy, and we pray for them every day. If you would like to help us financially, the second collection after communion will be for St. Augustine's home. We count on your financial support because the uh, government assistance our residents receive covers only a small portion of the costs of their care. So uh, we wouldn't be able to do it without your help. You could also uh, take an envelope home with you. Sister Cecilia and I and a couple of young volunteers have come today. We'll have envelopes in the back of the church as you leave if you'd like to take one home with you. And you can also make a donation at our website. The website's been printed in your bulletin, or you could just Google Little Sisters of the Poor Indianapolis. Our website also has a volunteer application if you or someone you know might be interested in volunteering in our home. And if you think you could help us in some way through your business, you could leave one of us your business card on your way out and uh, so uh, we can make contact later. And you could also help us through your prayers that many more young women will respond generously to the call to religious life, especially the Little Sisters of the Poor. This Saturday, we have a novice who will be making her first profession of vows as a little sister of the poor. And on Friday, our four postulants will become novices. And uh, there are some young women who, who want to enter as postulants this year. So keep them all in your prayers, and please continue to pray for more vocations. So thank you all for all you do for our, our home and for all of your support, uh, and God bless you. You can be assured of our grateful prayers for you. Thank you.